Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. It is seven days, seven days until the inauguration of Joe Biden. But the focus of the entire Congress is on President Trump. There's zero focus on the American people that they are there to represent. President Trump will go down in history as the president who was impeached twice. And I think he considers that actually a badge of honor bestowed upon him by the establishment. But their goal, single focused, they want to erase his legacy. But why? The economy under President Trump was the strongest in history. Then, when the pandemic hit, the president launched Operation Warp Speed to do what no one believed could be done. They mocked him when he said he would come up with this vaccine. But a vaccine was developed within months. And just days after the election, it was announced that the first vaccine was successfully developed. He kept us out of new foreign wars, unlike any president since Eisenhower. Peace deals between Israel and Arab countries that never seemed possible became reality. ISIS is wiped off the face of the earth. Who thought that could happen? And soon COVID will be too. And there's a list a mile long of accomplishments by this president. And his success is what scared the establishment the most. A ruling class, you see, needs perpetual problems to solve. They need crises to keep you scared. And they are rarely tangible problems. The elite is here to save us peasants from horrible things like racism and global warming and dangerous speech that could incite violence and things that go bump in the night. If only they could restrain Americans just a little more. If they could tax you and spend your dollars a little bit more, then they could erase your suffering. Or so they say. But they never have a solution to end any of the problems that they've come to fix. So that's why the outsider, Donald Trump, was such a threat. His legacy must be destroyed for fear that the American people will see that problems can in fact be solved and they don't have to be perpetually fixed by the ruling class. A handful of Republicans in Congress have shown their true colors. They didn't turn on the president. They were never they were never with him, some of them. And perhaps the biggest legacy of Trump is that he has revealed the true nature of politics. It was never Republican versus Democrat, you see. It's the establishment elite versus the rest of us. And that's why you see so many people in Washington, D.C. turning on the president now. But few outside the swamp have left his side. The media and all the anti-Trump politicians say that the president incited an insurrection with his speech. And that's why he must be impeached and removed from office with only a week remaining in his term. But why won't they play the speech for all of us that was so dangerous? Do you ever think about that? Well, I will. Here's the end of the speech. Let's see if he was indeed inciting a riot. You judge. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue 
I want to thank you all. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is no calls for pitchforks, no calls for any sort of violence. Peaceful and patriotic was the call of this president on the march to the Capitol. He didn't even say march. He said walk. But I can show you hours of tape of leftists in the media and politics who truly did excuse and incite violence. I want you to see a little of this. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. But thank goodness for the looters, man. I don't care that much about statues. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history before you judge your present. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, if they were talking about the folks at the Capitol the other day, uh, they'd be taking full-on responsibility for what happened, but they weren't. Here's one, one of my favorites, actually, from uh, Chris Cuomo. I want you to visualize. The table's turned, right? I want you to visualize Chris Cuomo here talking about what happened at the Capitol last week. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. Persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please... Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Hmm. We have 200, more than 200 injured, injured police officers. We have many dead, literally, literally dozens and dozens of dead people that are never mentioned in the news. And those protests have been swept away as if they never happened while they were rationalized by the news media. And I would say incited. Earlier today, Congressman Matt Gates reminded Congress that Democrats have been the ones calling for violence. Watch this. Seems to me that impeachment is an itch that doesn't go away with just one scratch. It also seems that President Trump may be most likely to be impeached when he is correct. Before the last presidential impeachment, President Trump rightly pointed out the improper activities of the Biden crime family, and subsequently he's been proven right. And don't think for a moment, Madam Speaker, that we're going to drop that or stop our pursuit for the truth. Before that, we had the Russia hoax, where you had the president rightly making claims that Hillary Clinton and the DNC were colluding with Russians to disorient our democracy, how right he turned out to be. And then we have the 2020 presidential election, where the president correctly pointed out unconstitutional behavior, voting irregularities, concerns over tabulations, dead people voting, and now impeachment again. When they go low, we kick them.
Eric Holder, former Attorney General under Barack Obama, breaching the Capitol was as low as low can be. We all denounce it. But who is it that they're kicking? The President, who created soaring highs for our economy, rising wages before the pandemic, 400 miles of wall to stop the caravans, who drew down troops in the Middle East and showed empathy for the forgotten men and women of our country. It's why so many people love him so much, and it's why they're kicking all of us. This president has faced unprecedented hatred and resistance from big media, big tech, and big egos, from congressional leaders on both sides of the aisle. Before the rioters tore through that glass, Speaker Pelosi stood at that rostrum and tore through the president's State of the Union speech, inciting anger, resentment, division. Some believe that truly these true colors are being shown now through this divisive partisan impeachment. The, spe the speaker said to us just moments ago, words matter. But apparently those words don't matter when they're uttered by Democrats. When the gentlelady from Massachusetts calls for unrest in the streets, when the gentlelady from California brazenly brags that she called for people to get in the faces of those who serve and support the president. I denounced political violence from all ends of the spectrum, but make no mistake, the left in America has incited far more political violence than the right. For months, our cities burned, police stations burned, our businesses were shattered, and they said nothing, or they cheerled for it, and they fundraised for it, and they allowed it to happen in the greatest country in the world. Now, some have cited, some have cited the metaphor that the president lit the flame. Well, they lit actual flames, actual fires. Are we really to believe this entire impeachment isn't about taking a principled stand against violent violence or political extremism? It is about destroying the Trump legacy and making sure that he or anyone involved in the MAGA movement can never run for president again. And they're not just trying to destroy the president, by the way. They are taking it all the way down to legislators who've supported him, to people who have worked in his administration, and even to citizens who have voted for him. No one is safe where they are concerned because they want to make sure that their apparatus of establishment globalism is allowed to continue and they plan to rebuild it, make no mistake. We will continue this, this discussion with some great guests a little later on in the show and there are answers out there. I don't want it to be discouraging because I want to tell you that every single night on this sh show we will address this absolutely head on and I want to make one more statement perfectly clear. We have here at Real America's Voice always condemned all violence and we always will. That is absolutely the truth, but it will not stop us from getting to the bottom of who's actually behind it and where the consistencies are and where they always have been. I don't care who it is. I don't care if, it's, if it was someone we knew. We will condemn it. We will expose it. We will track it down. And that's exactly why we're partnered with the folks we are at Just the News to investigate all of these kinds of things. We will get to the bottom of it, friends. And it will all be, it will all come out in the wash, as my mom used to always like to say. So what we're going to do tonight is just exactly what we do every night, and that is to head around America to our hosts and correspondents who are keeping a watchful eye on the real news that is happening out there, first to D.C., to Just the News morning host. Host, Carrie Sheffield. Carrie, go ahead.
Hey there, Dr. Gina. I want to give you an update, the latest from our founder, John Solomon. So he has a great piece looking at three big unanswered questions about what happened that heart-rending siege of the Capitol last week. There are three big questions that we need to know the answers to. First, what did Nancy Pelosi know? Second, was this a prior plot or a spontaneous riot? And then third, were there inside facilitators? Now, each of these questions have large, huge fraud implications. First, about Nancy Pelosi. If we know, according to the Washington Post and other sources, reportedly the heads of security for the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate, they reportedly had been told in advance that this was going to be happening and they were offered up the National Guard and they rejected and said they didn't want the National Guard. They said the phrase was they were concerned about the optics. So reportedly, the big question, again, Nancy Pelosi, she is the head of the House. The assumption would be that she would know what the head of security is, is asking or discussing about with the, uh, you know, the FBI, the Capitol Hill police. So if she knew about this in advance and she chose to reject the National Guard, the big question is, did she do enough? We're going to have to get to the bottom of that. Also, about whether this was a spontaneous riot or if this was pre-planned, again, would lead to more questions about the argument for impeachment that somehow Trump egged on this crowd. Even when you look at the speech itself, he urged a peaceful walk over there. So if this was premeditated and pre-planned, this leads to lots of other questions, also about whether the gates were unopened uh, and there were people on the inside helping. Lots of unanswered questions. Dr. Gina, I know you're going to keep exploring these. Back to you. All right, thank you so much, Carrie. Now on to Denver, where Jessica Rivera joins us. Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, since the censorship of President Trump and many Republicans on social media and by other companies, which we now know includes YouTube, I thought about our nation's enemies and child pornography on social media and the internet. The five countries that are considered to be the top enemies of the United States are Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and Iraq. So I went to see if these countries' brutal leaders had Twitter accounts. And you know what I found? Yes. Yes, they do. Some of the world's most murderous leaders have not been censored like the current president of the United States. These are world leaders who make it no secret that they abuse, torture, control, and even kill their own citizens. Yet, even these leaders are not permanently banned from Twitter. And then there's child pornography something that is easily accessible on social media and the internet. So the censoring of President Trump's social media accounts, along with many of his supporters, has only proven that big tech actually does have the power to rid the internet of whatever and whoever they want, and they can do it fast. So Dr. Gita, why is child pornography still making its rounds on social media and the internet? And the only answer that I could come up with in my research is big tech has officially decided President Trump is more dangerous than the world's most brutal and murderous leaders and that he is more dangerous than child pornographers. Unbelievable. Thank you so much, Jessica. It, truly, some of this just boggles the mind. We always appreciate you reporting it to us just to keep us baffled about what they're actually doing uh, there at Big Tech and where their, where their morals and values are if they actually have any. Thank you. And now to Scott Resmussen, our official poll pollster with our partners at Just the News. Scott, thanks for being with us. In your latest poll, you asked voters if they supported splitting red states and blue states into separate countries. Uh, what did you find in this poll? 
Well, you know, this is something that's been discussed in the, in the wake of this last election. Only 25% of voters even somewhat favor the idea. Only 11% are strongly supportive of it. And perhaps not surprisingly, most Americans disagree. Uh, in fact, a majority, 52%, strongly oppose the idea of splitting our nation in two. And this is something that's spread across all parties. Republicans strongly oppose it, Democrats and independents. But what prompted you to ask a question like that right now? You know, this, these are extraordinary times. I'm asking lots of polling questions that I never imagined I would be asking. And in this particular case, um, it's because, you know, there were a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, we're just fed up. Those people in the blue states or those people in the red states, they're not like us at all. We should be separate countries. I've heard the mutterings. Uh, we hear every now and then somebody saying our state should secede. So I just wanted to get a, ahead of it and see where people were. But the, the vast majority of people don't want that. Do you have any information, though, in your polling? Can you tell if these attitudes are changing? You know, if, if I went back 10 or 15 years in polling that I did, we found somewhere between 15 and 20% of people would like their own state to secede for the union, uh, from the union. That was a little bit different question, but kind of getting at the same idea of, you know, maybe the United States, its best days have come and gone. We're certainly not seeing that, maybe a slight increase. What we are seeing in the polling data in all sorts of ways is an increase in polarization. You know, back in the in the 1990s, Republicans and Democrats had different views and they, they had different questions about the legitimacy of elections, but the intensity was nowhere near the way it is today. We've now had two presidential elections in a row, 2016 and 2020, where a third of the voters don't believe the legitimate winner moved into the White House. You know, that's a pretty significant problem and that polarization, that intensity, that anger I'm afraid is going to keep growing, at least for the near future. And just one more question, Scott, quickly. Was there any disparity between, uh, say, for example, some of the red states where, um, you know, you have like Florida and Texas, where people are really fed up with especially some of the COVID mandates and things like that that are taking place in blue states? Was there any sort of noticeable disparity there in your poll? No, in terms of splitting the U.S. in two, absolutely not. Uh, the only group, the, there were, there's a small group of people, Republican voters, who say they identify more with MAGA nation than with the Republican Party. Uh, about half of them say that they think we should split into two. But again, we're talking about that's the only segment of the population we found that on. Didn't matter on the states. You're right, Jana, that you know, the, the idea that uh, red-leaning states and blue-leaning states have wildly different views on the pandemic and the way it's been handled, absolutely true, but it's not showing up in their desire to split the country. Well, Scott, I always uh, enjoy and trust your polling uh, so much more than any others, and uh, we appreciate so much all of your work with our partners here at Just the News. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, we've talked a lot about promises kept by this administration of President Trump, but there's one big one that remains unfulfilled. John Solomon up next with all the details on that. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery 
starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. President Trump has less than a week left in office, and although he has an impressive list of promises made, promises kept, there is a promise that is still unfulfilled. The headline over at justthenews.com reads like this. One of Trump's biggest unfulfilled promises, Russia declassification. And the author of that piece joins us now, editor-in-chief at Just the News, John Solomon. John, thank you so much for being with us tonight. John, you wrote that this promise to declassify documents surrounding the Russia witch hunt, as Trump calls it, has not been fulfilled. But he has declassified and released some documents. Uh, yes. Could it be that the president doesn't want to fan the flames here by adding to this? You know, I don't think that's it at all. I think it's the, the same bureaucracy he was fighting since two months before he became president, when they were trying to stick a bogus Russia collusion um, sign over his presidency. Same group. They're just dragging their feet, resisting not releasing these documents. He's been clear for more than two months. I want everything declassified. And he put in quotes, no redactions. That's pretty clear, right? president couldn't be any more clear. This isn't on the president. This is on the people below him, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with him. He has the power. This won't inflame Americans. It will inform them. They will learn the, exactly how the Russian collusion narrative was invented by the Hillary Clinton team after they learned there were new problems with her email. And we, we saw hints of it in the declassifications a couple of months ago, the, the CIA briefing the president and the FBI saying there's evidence that Hillary Clinton was trying to vilify Trump to distract from her email problems. The remaining evidence goes into much more detail. The American people have nothing but information to gain. There's no inflammation. This is good for the American people. And I hope in the final five and a half days that the president has that he'll deliver. Although, John, you know, we're really in a climate now where the attitude is cover up whatever makes you uncomfortable. If it hurts somebody's feelings, um, it, even if you can just perceive that it might cause, quote unquote, division, which is sort of the word of the day, um, then you have a right to just sort of sweep it under the rug. So perhaps, John, um, it is in that sentiment that a lot of people would say these documents should be withheld. That being said, what documents are still being withheld? And do you think that with the remaining days, they might still be declassified. Well, you're right about the sentiment, right? Anything that's an inconvenient truth becomes a politically correct um, liability, which is we, uh, we don't want to know that, so therefore you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a racist, you're whatever. These are, these are just government documents. The American people own the American government. They run the American government by virtue of their votes and their elected officials and their tax dollars. There's nothing to be afraid of here. There's much to be gained from the knowledge of how our institutions failed us in Russia. Now, what are some of the documents? There's a classified appendix that the Inspector General of the Justice Department produced two years ago. 
that reports on a significant piece of evidence that Hillary Clinton's, uh, in the Hillary Clinton email case, that the FBI was given. It pointed to a very serious national security problem, and the FBI never followed up on it. That's important. That's how our, the job of the FBI, the job of the national security apparatus, is to protect us from threats, not ignore them because they're politically inconvenient truths or embarrassing. I'll tell you about a new one. This is one that's brand new. I just learned about it in the last 24 hours, but I think it's significant. It's a document from the Ukraine scandal that was kept from the president's attorneys during their impeachment defense. It was kept from Senator Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley for the majority of their investigation. They only recently learned of it. It remains classified today, even though it doesn't have a single piece of national security information in it. What is it? George Kent, the famous guy with the bow tie, who was the star Democratic impeachment witness, he wrote an email on November 22nd, 2016, on the classified server, laying into Joe Biden and his failures in Ukraine policy related to Burisma and Hunter Biden. Now, that's incredibly relevant. A State Department official thinking the vice president didn't do policy well or that there was some policy concern about how Joe Biden and Hunter Biden conducted themselves, that has been kept from the American people and from relevant subpoenas and relevant defense teams for most of the last two years. Those are the sort of things the president can release in his final hours in office. And, and so do, is that what you think he's going to release them in his final hours in office and that perhaps is the reason why these remaining documents are being withheld thus far? Yeah, I don't think it's a staged drama. I, the president has wanted these documents out since before the election. It is the constant scraping bureaucracy of the feet dragging on the floor that's kept these from getting through the processes. My understanding is 90% of the documents that the president identified that are on my list on the story you just mentioned have been declassified and they're waiting for the last 10% so that the American people get a complete set. You don't have any holes left. You got the whole story. But that last 10% has re result resulted in a lot of foot dragging, a lot of excuse making, a lot of obfuscation by the deep state or the permanent bureaucracy in these agencies. The FBI and the CIA simply don't want their dirty secrets out there. But I suspect that the president will succeed before he leaves office. Hmm. And what other moves do we expect from the president um, in his final days in office? I think the one thing to watch for is uh, pardons, right? And does the president issue some pardons? Does he pardon himself? Does he pardon his family preemptively to keep political attacks from following the family after office? Does he pardon Hunter Biden if he wants to heal the nation? We know Hunter Biden is in potential criminal jeopardy. Does he take an act of uh, olive branch to the Democrats and say, you impeached me, you did all these terrible things, I'm bigger than you, maybe I pardon Hunter Biden? There's a lot of these questions floating around in Trump world inside the White House. I don't know where he'll end up on these things. I do suspect there'll be some more pardons. I know there are people that the president has wanted to pardon that are just getting through the process. Uh, but that, that's going to be the big thing. And then, listen, there's always something that's happening on the world stage right up to the last minute you're president. China's been acting rather agitated in the Taiwan area right re recently. Uh, you know, he's going to have to keep an eye on all the national security things. He doesn't get to check out early just because the Democrats had this impeachment vote today. 
And John, regarding impeachment, uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi has really worked so fast on anything in her career, except maybe her hair color and her ice cream choices. Impeachment was done in record time. We've never seen anything like this. This has to be frustrating for Americans watching at home who, you know, can't even go to work, for example, because of COVID restrictions or have lost their entire businesses. Um, and they've been point. waiting for relief uh, from Congress on those kinds of things. And yet... Congress had time to come in and do this, and for what purpose? Listen, it's a drive-by impeachment. It's like going through McDonald's, and instead of getting a hamburger, you got an impeachment in a few hours. This is not what the Founding Fathers intended. They intended it to be a solemn event based on factual information. I wrote a story this morning. There are three critical, crucial questions about the Capitol riots that are not yet answered. In fact, the evidence is trending in a way that is problematic for those who wanted a quick impeachment of the president on the grounds that he incited a spontaneous riot, right? That's the allegation. Yesterday, the assistant chief, uh, assistant uh, uh, director of the FBI for Washington field office gave a press conference where he said, there is evidence we had before this occurred, meaning two days before the riots occurred, the Monday before, the FBI was already aware that people were plotting violence, including talking about killing police officers, trying to track down members of Congress. You can't have a spontaneous riot if it was pre-planned by days or weeks. And so I think huh. some of the incongruity of the allegation and the evidence is starting to emerge. That's what's wrong with a speedy uh, process like this. Well, it certainly has uh, been interesting. And John, do you expect that um, as the time goes along, we'll be hearing more about how this was um, this whole thing was pre-planned and perhaps all of the blame can't lie in the hands of Trump supporters? Well, listen, it's got every Trump supporter that picked up a weapon that crawled through a window that hit an officer over the head, they can be and they should be blamed to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, and so I don't want to take any personal responsibility away. It would be like saying, well, because Osama bin Laden planned 9-11, the hijackers should get a little bit of mercy. No, they don't. Everybody who performed in this capital and did something criminal from trespassing to vandalism to murder should be held to the highest extent. I think the, the, the fundamental question was, was this a spontaneous event that the president put a match on kerosene or was it a long planned event? And if the president didn't give his speech, it still would have occurred. The evidence is trending that way. The U.S. attorney for Washington said he's building a conspiracy case. A conspiracy means events occurred over a long period of time that ended in the riot. That means this was almost certainly planned. NYPD told the Metropolitan Police Department and Capitol Police Department three or four days before they had intelligence that uh, violence was being planned in the Capitol. James Claiborne said, uh, Clyborne, the Democrat congressman says, I saw evidence of pre-planning and maybe people were led to my office with maps. That doesn't happen spontaneously. There was planning and I think that this event is gonna look different uh, two, two or three weeks from now than it does now as they voted on impeachment today. John Solomon, you've been by far the best source of information on the Russia investigation well, and all of the corruption surrounding that. And uh, for that reason, of course, um, we are just so proud to always have you on the show. Keep up the great work. Keep us informed. I and I want to make sure everybody knows to visit our partners there at justthenews.com and catch up on all of John's latest investigations and that of his reporters all over the country, keeping you the best informed, I do believe. Coming up, I talked to a young man who was just fired from his job when it was discovered that he had previously worked on the Trump campaign. You won't want to miss this. It's happening all over the place. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up right after this.
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. We continue our series on conservatives being canceled. Blacklists being compiled and President Trump is at the top of that list. Anyone who worked in the Trump administration is being targeted. If you worked in the Trump administration or in the Trump campaign, you're being targeted. Or if you're a Trump supporter, you are actually in danger of losing your livelihood, not to mention your First Amendment rights. Joining me now is Dawson Buchanan. He has just lost his job after he was outed as a former Trump campaign staffer. Dawson, I want to give you a chance without putting words in your mouth. Just tell us your story. Hey, Dr. Gina, so good to be here. Um, yeah, so kind of to start with um, campaign, you know, finally came to a close. I was with the Trump campaign uh, since October of 2019. Um, that's during the campaign is whenever I got introduced to um, the company Private Jet Services, um, which I decided to join back in early January. They offered me a job. Um, and with that job came the opportunity to also be put um, like with certain clients. And one of those clients was the National Hockey League. Um, I was supposed to leave yesterday for my first trip, which was like a trip in training. Um, they have sent me my work computer, my set up my work email. I had to get medical, ex medical exams, um, all that great stuff. But then I got a phone call Monday night uh, after having previously, previously went that day to even shop for a new wardrobe with a job. Um, they called me around 7 p.m. Monday night saying that I'm no longer needed with PJS and uh, not just with the NHL client, but with PJS as a whole. And gave no further explanation. But then the owner of the company called uh, yesterday morning, I guess it was around 10 o'clock, to further explain that the reason they had to let me go is because the NHL found out that um, I worked for the Trump campaign and uh, pitched a fit and got really upset and threatened to cancel the contract with PJS if they did not let me go from the company. Um, and so then the kind of the story just evolved from there. I released a statement on Twitter kind of saying this is what's happened, like this is just one more person falling victim to, victim to cancel culture. Um, and then with that, it kind of culminated, but now I have all the support and stuff, even though I've received threats from both the company uh, and actually ESPN and the NHL just put out a statement saying that everything I'm saying is categorically false, even though I, I have the proof, the evidence is on my side, the truth is on my side. I'm, I'm here to say that I, and choosing to not get canceled by the sports industry, by the NHL, by the jet company. Um, you can try to cancel me, but I'm not going to stay quiet. 
what is the reason? And I, and I want to extend an open offer to the, all of those involved, including uh, the National Hockey League, including your former employer and the rest of them, to come on and defend themselves um, if, they, you know, if they have a different story to tell. But what, what is their reason why they say that you were fired? Yep, so I had a phone call that I received yesterday morning um, after having been terminated that night. Uh, like I said, yesterday was the day I was supposed to start, but uh, the owner called and said that the reason that this was kind of going down and that I had been terminated really before even officially starting the job was because the National Hockey League um, and specifically the Carolina Hurricanes, which is whose detail I was on, had found out that I am a former Trump staffer. Um, and I'm assuming after cancel culture and after the riots and after everything, they threatened private jet services saying that they were going to pull their contract, costing the jet company millions of dollars. Therefore, in order for the company to save themselves and to save their money, they had to fire me. Um, although they didn't stand up for me, and although that does frustrate me, I guess I try to see that perspective. But after I came out and kind of told my story that NHL pretty much bullied the company to let me go, um, it's just been kind of one wave of attacks after another. Did you see this coming? I mean, were, were you, did you think this could happen to you at that level? Um, yeah, I, I, could, I could have expected if I were maybe still in some sort of political realm, something like that. But I think the most frustrating thing, and I think that what is so dangerous about count, uh, cancel culture is that I, I was close with this company. Right, I had worked with them for months during the campaign, and they—I mean—they had been great to work with. We had developed a personal relationship, and then they just let me go. So it, it was definitely blindsided to the fact that I thought that someone that was my friend, that I was—I had already had conversations with about committing long-term to the company, uh, for them to just let me go so abruptly, 12 hours before I was supposed to leave for my first trip, after getting my computer, my email, everything set. Up for that to happen, even with all that solid stuff in place and like me getting ready to go, it is surprising for sure. Uh, but what hurts the most is that it's from it's from a friend. Um, and I think cancel culture, whether you're a friend or foe, cancel culture will come at you. Um, yeah, and I'm hearing this all over the place. By the way, it happened to me. I walked on an American Airlines flight and they told me, "Get off! You are not welcome on our airline anymore." And really for no reason. Yep. I said, I'll do anything. What do you need? I'll do it. I have two masks on. You want me to put three on? You want me to put a, a shopping bag over my head? What right. do you want? And they don't care. They just right. wanted me off. Um, looking back, though, would you think twice about taking a job with the Trump campaign or any other campaign that could cause you to lose future jobs? No, because I know in the end what I stood for and what I fought for and the candidate that I fought for, I, I would actually I would do it all again. And probably after all of this, I would do it the second time with more passion because what President Trump fought for and what I felt like I was fighting for as a conservative, as a Republican, um, as a lover of freedom was to, to counter cancel culture and to counter the left and counter the hate. And I, I would do it all again. Um, I, I would go through these last two days again. I would do the campaign all over again, um, just because I think now is a time more than ever to not cower to them, but rather stand even firmer in what you believe in and who you are and the candidate that you uh, choose to vote for. Um, and cancel culture doesn't dictate that. And um, I'm sure you've spoken to lawyers. Is that, does that look like a good recourse for you? 
Um, I think at this stage, I'm more focused about platform and about encouraging other conservatives who are experiencing similar things. Um, I, I'm not in this really for self gain. I know, you know, other people in situations like this want the money. I, I really do. Don't. Um, I'm, you I'm have to have a job. To... Right. Yeah. Well, the, the nice <laughs> thing about that's come out of all of this is like the overwhelming amount of support. I've had so many organizations and firms and groups and 501c3s and all these people reach out saying, Hey, like we want, like, come on board. Um, whatever. I, again, still don't have a job, but I think, I think God's got a plan there, but I, my purpose here is to kind of give people that don't have a voice, give them that voice. Um, no, I'm not really in it for the money. I'm, I'm not in it to drag out a, you know, a legal saga, but I'm, yeah, I'm here to empower the MAGA movement. Well, I commend your bravery, Dawson Buchanan. I hope that uh, others will stand like you because if we don't stand together, uh, we'll certainly all fall separately. Thank you so much. And by the way, it's not an original Thank quote, you. as you know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now that the left has decided that Trump supporters and conservatives in general are not allowed to work for liberal-owned companies or maybe any companies at all because they'll just bully them if we do, are we destined to have two separate economies? One that is conservative-owned and run, and another that is run by the elitist liberal corporate oligarchy. Here to discuss the dean at Liberty University Business School, Dave Bratt. Dean Bratt, there is literally no one better to discuss this than you. You, you. You're really, you have such an opportunity here with young minds, because the thing that yeah. I'm hearing over and over again is we have to just create our own whole separate economy. We've got to create our own technology, our own social media, our own media networks, which we've already done here, our own universities, which you've already done there. Um, we've got to write our own books, do our own, <laughs> pretty much everything. Now it looks like we've got to have our own jet services, which I didn't realize that was an issue. Um, and on and on this goes. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. And I, I don't think that works. Uh, the left, as you've noted, has captured all the institutions. And uh, so trying to start a separate uh, autonomous economy for the conservatives, I don't think works when they own uh, the major sectors and they own the legal apparatus. And so, you know, uh, when I just heard uh, the gentleman uh, speak, it, the, the examples, it, it's not cancel culture. You have to ask yourself, what is coming? What is the left up to? And what is this pivot? And it's a pivot to Marxism. If you ask yourself no. the question, who doesn't believe in rights? The liberals have always, JFK and all the liberals used to always, of course, believe in rights. Uh, the, the, the World Bank, et cetera, they have endless lists of human rights lists uh, that are important to them. Now, who doesn't have rights? Look at China this week. They got rid of, they canceled, uh, and uh, they disappeared is the new verb. Jack Ma, the second wealthiest man in China. And then to make it even more concrete, guess who speaks up on behalf of America this week? It's embarrassing, but Angela Merkel, the prime minister of Germany, uh, the home of national socialism, has to tell Twitter, uh, hey, you know, if you want to give a couple recommendations on the side about language, that's okay. Uh, but this deplatforming thing uh, is not okay. And coming from the home of National Socialism, giving us a lecture on freedom, uh, it's becoming clear that the left is not the left. It, it is Marxism, and it's, it's fascist in its nature. And so we're not just talking about canceling. We're talking about either you submit uh, to central command or you will get a social credit score, right, like in China, 
that invalidates you from your travel, your education, you're getting a mortgage, you're buying a car. That's what we're facing. And so uh, American, you know, this won't last. The left uh, is coming under attack as Americans finally figure out what's going on. Uh, you even have some principled liberals standing up uh, finally. The, uh, some of the groups that believe in rights, language, and, and freedoms are finally beginning to speak up. Uh, but we need to fight the fight uh, along those lines. And uh, it's not just two separate economies. I don't think that'll cut it. I mean, so, so Dave, I, I just have to ask you, because it seems like such a logical follow-up, then what's the answer? Because when you are deplatformed by big tech, um, you know, there aren't a lot of other answers except for to do what, for example, Jeff Brain, the owner of CloudHub, did, and literally create your own uh, technology, create your own uh, hosting platform. I mean, this is, this is the direction a lot of conservatives are having to go. I've heard, I have a friend who owns a small airline company who's um, considering how he can be involved in, you know, airline rideshare because, because of, you know, folks like me who've been banned from American Airlines for literally no reason other than being affiliated with uh, Trump. Uh, so, so, so what happens to people, Dave? Yeah, well, you're, you're right. In the short run and intermediate run, uh, we have to survive. And as this leftist Marxist onslaught occurs, people have to build their platforms from the ground up. And so we, we've learned that now, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, the six big tech firms, the market cap of those six firms is bigger than all of the European stock markets combined. Uh, and so they've just begun as well. And so uh, we need to take it there. The good news is, you know, there are some senators, Van Hollen, et cetera, uh, on the left uh, that are willing to go after big tech uh, and some of the China intrusions. There's some bipartisan work that can be done there on monopolies. And then we need to appeal the populist folks need to speak to the Bernie brothers and sisters, the populists on the left and say, uh, do, you, do you actually think the billionaires uh, that now run these six tech firms are looking out for you. Do you have any evidence of that? They're abusing you. Amazon is notorious for its pay scales, et cetera. And so uh, the, the the Marxists, right, uh, the the firms and, and under national socialism, uh, the big firms knew if they complied with big government, they would be rewarded handsomely. And they were. That's how national socialism and fascism under Hitler worked. Right. And so uh, that's what's coming at us. And we, we cannot sustain in the long run to just try to build a parallel platform when they own big media, big tech, uh, the State Department, the FBI has been corrupted, the CIA has been corrupted, uh, higher ed is gone, K-12 right. is mostly gone. Uh, it's too much. We need to fight and take right. back some of these institutions and just fight for America where we treat everyone equally under the law. That's that's the that's ideal. Right. That's what we all, we're all well, creating God's image. That's the deal. Well, I appreciate that, David. You know, as a former congressman, I hope that, uh, you know, that you're coming from a place where you know that some of these folks are willing to work with, with others who do believe in the First Amendment. I would think that would be, you know, traditional classical liberalism, and there would be some classical yeah. liberals out there willing to work with conservatives. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that that's true. Uh, Dean Bratt of Liberty University, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Coming up, a Hollywood star taking heat for refusing to wear a mask. We're going to tell you all about it. Coming up, Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Dr. Gene, prime time. President has been impeached for pushing political violence, even though we've played the end of his D.C. speech, where he says, peacefully walk to the Capitol. Left doesn't care. President has now been impeached again, this time for inciting the violence that happened at the U.S. Capitol. But just a reminder, the left has been preaching hate and violence toward the president literally ever since he came down the escalator. Remember the Kathy Griffin head, severed head of the president and Madonna saying she thought about blowing up the White House and the planned impeachment, I think from 17 minutes after the president was inaugurated. There was Snoop Dogg shooting the president in his music video and uh, so many more examples that just so little time in this show. Here to discuss this leftist hypocrisy all the way from the left coast, Real Amanda's, Real Amanda's, Real Amanda's, I just gave you the network, Amanda. Real America's Voice News, West Coast contributor Amanda Head. Um, you know, a lot of pearl clutching happening on the left, Amanda. Just appalled that the president told everyone to peacefully march to the Capitol. But Hollywood's the worst when it comes to pushing political violence. Does anyone care about the hypocrisy or they just get a free pass again? Yeah, I mean, there's no consistency in, in American politics anymore. Just to add to your list list of examples, Johnny Depp saying that it was about time for America to have another assassinated president. Now you've got PBS lobbying to have children taken from their Trump-supporting parents and put into re-education camps. Also, regarding this impeachment, aren't we supposed to have an investigation in the House before you even put anything up for a vote? But I'm guessing that they don't want to proceed with any investigation because what they find out will be that there are no grounds for impeachment this time around, just like there weren't last exactly. time around. Exactly. So quick, Amanda, you've got 30 seconds, but I've got to get your comment on Bruce Willis taking so much heat on social media for not wearing a mask in a store. Is he waking up to the craziness, do you think? Yes or no? Uh, uh, could Bruce Willis get any sexier? That's my response. <laughs> <laughs> So fun having you on all the time. Amanda, thank you so much for that very, very concise response. And thanks to all of you for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice, RAV, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. They'll make you laugh, I promise. In the meantime, hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody. Mm -hmm.